Hello and welcome to season three of For the Love of Duluth. My name is Tom Jamison. I'm a former lawyer who moved to Duluth about seven years ago. I moved to Duluth after I bought a business called Lake Superior Medical Equipment, hanging up my lawyer hat after 25 years. Joining me is my co-host, Yvonne Myers, a registered nurse and lifelong Duluthian, and of course, the marketing director for Lake Superior Medical Equipment. So why did we start a podcast called For the Love of Duluth? Because we love our town and the people and places that inhabit it. If you already live in Duluth, we hope this podcast will teach you things you never knew before about the place we call home. If you are planning to visit Duluth, we hope this podcast can act as a tour guide of sorts, giving you an inside look at the best people, places, and things that make up our unique city. Duluth is a star of the show here, and our guests help it shine even brighter. We hope you love this podcast as much as we love the city it is named after. This is season three of For the Love of Duluth. People come from all over to take in the epic scenery of Duluth. From the trails to the parks, there's a reason it is known as one of the most beautiful places in the world. From the Superior Hiking Trail to Chester Bowl to Hartley Park, it's no wonder people travel near and far to take in all Duluth has to offer. One of Duluth's most popular spots, which is really saying something, is located in the heart of Hartley Park. Hartley Nature Center opened in 2003 after years of planning, situated on nearly 700 acres of lush greenery that makes up Hartley Park in the heart of Duluth's woodland neighborhood. It's hard to picture Hartley Park without the Nature Center. There's more to Hartley Nature Center than just the beauty that surrounds it. The Nature Center itself is filled with exhibits and it has its own preschool program and an after-school nature club. Of course, it also has some of the most scenic views in Duluth. You can take it all in, including the miles of multi-use trails that surround the Nature Center by mountain bike in the summer and by snowshoe come winter. The options in the landscapes are endless. The best part, Hartley Nature Center keeps getting bigger and better. In fact, in October of 2022, they celebrated the completion of a 5,000 square foot expansion of their space, which included two new classrooms, a bathroom, meeting space for the public, and an additional office space. Hartley Park got some new perks as well, including new signage in the form of park maps, kiosks, and more. With so much to do and so much landscape to cover, it takes quite a bit to keep Hartley Nature center running day in and day out. If you've ever taken in the beauty of it in person, you can thank Tom O'Rourke. He's been the executive director of Hartley Nature Center for over a decade and counting. Hartley Nature Center is more than just a workplace for Tom. It's a lifestyle. He lives with his wife and their two teenage sons in a home that shares a property line with Hartley Park. He even treks a mile and a half through it every day to get to work. That is dedication to his craft. Here to talk about his day-to-day role as executive director of Hartley Nature Center, is Tom O'Rourke. Tom, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Tom, we're uh, we're going to get to the Hartley Nature Center in, in just a bit, but we want to talk a little bit about your journey and how you wound up there. So uh, as, as I understand, you, you grew up in South Minneapolis. Yep, and... older brother, Catholic school. Yeah, my dad was a longtime Minneapolis person. My mom is from Superior uh, originally, okay. but was living in Minneapolis. Whereabouts so, in South Minneapolis? Uh, like a mile south of Lake Harriet, so oh, like sure. 55th and Irving. Sure, uh, sure. area. Yeah. So sort of the Minnehaha Creek area. Yeah. 
Yep, yeah, the creek was for, like four blocks from my yeah, house. So that area. was my little fabulous. pocket of wildness that I would yeah. play in as a kid. That's yeah. a fabulous, <laughs> fabulous area to grow up in. So, so, uh, but you've you've got some family ties to Duluth, and somehow you wound up arriving in Duluth at some point. So, so how? Yeah, how was your yeah. Journey to get to Duluth. Yeah, it's funny because my brother lives in that same South Minneapolis house. He bought it from my parents, oh, and really? his kids go to the same school. So they really are keeping keeping the tradition alive. Oh, cool, uh, cool. Yeah, it's my grandparents great, lived in Superior, and we would spend a big chunk of time here. My dad was a school teacher, so we'd spend a chunk of time here in the summers, and then over Christmas break, we'd always come up to my grandparents in Superior. Oh, and nice. so my mom's side of the family, some of her relatives grew up down the Howard Ganeson Road in Duluth. And, oh, sure. Uh, so yeah, ties to Duluth, Superior, Minneapolis. And my wife and I met guiding canoe trips in the Boundary Waters, and we had just graduated from college, and we had no fall life plans. And my great aunt, who had lived in this house in Duluth for 94 of her 97 years, passed away, and the house uh, was in my grandma's hands, and she didn't know what to do with it. And she said, well, I'm going to sell it. She was living in Superior, and she said, I don't know what I need a house up at the top of the hill in Duluth. And so we hatched a plan to move to Duluth in the fall because there was a free housing opportunity for us after we graduated from college. And so... Wow, that's that's really cool. Yeah. So, so all right. So yeah. kind of breezed over yeah. the fact that you met your wife at a camp guiding the boundary waters so right. let's right. let's talk about that what was the camp uh camp minogen so it's up okay. the gunflint trail it's run through the twin cities ymca yeah. and so they do wilderness canoeing and backpacking right. trips for kids ranging in length from a week to 40 days right. so really interesting yeah immersive wilderness program so so and did you start going there so i went there first? as a kid yeah yep yep my mom was the office manager at the university of minnesota ymca and i think she probably got some employee discount to ship her kids off to summer camp and she she, they thought a couple weeks without these my brother and I around the house would be a good idea and so yeah we got shipped off to camp and I just fell in love with it and fell in love with the north woods and canoeing and all of it uh, and then, and then, so you kind of graduated, become a counselor. Yeah, there? become a counselor at that place during our college years. My wife had grown up in Green Bay, going to her version of that camp as a kid, like going on trips on Wisconsin rivers. And when she was in college, uh, she wanted to work uh, up on the edge of the Boundary Water, so she got a job, kind of sight unseen at Camp Minogen. And I had gone there as a kid and sort of transitioned to being a staff member. Yeah, so we so, met. Oh, so you met at the camp. At the camp as okay, counselors. Cool. Yeah. So now, where did you go to? college st john's uh, university sure yeah yeah so that was my summer gig was guiding canoeing and backpacking trips all around fun yeah it's a great job so what did you i and i know there's a number of different camps yeah there's camp widgewagen is it is on the ely side right um and actually prior to working at hartley i was the program director at widgie for five summers and so uh worked professionally doing the sort of hiring and training of staff that lead those trips eventually. So yeah, I got shipped off to summer camp and I just never left. Yep, and now I get to yep, play at Hartley, I but guess. That's, that, but that's pretty cool. So, so, uh, cause I have lots of, uh, lots of friends. My kids did not go to, uh, to either of those camps cause they were always involved in sports and they just, 
it wasn't for them. Yeah. But we we do every year go go up to the Boundary Waters. Okay. Um, nice. And uh, uh, but they don't have any of the extensive experience that you get at these camps. And I know that uh, some of my friends whose kids went there, they wound up doing you know eventually sort of as a graduation exercise, some huge long yeah. trip up to the Arctic Circle yep. or something yep. like that. Yeah. Did you ever do anything like that? Yeah. So I went on a, the long trip as a camper at Minogen, which was a 37-day wow. trip, and then guided the, I think, the 25-day trip, and my wife guided the long canoe trip, wow. and yeah, she ended on the shore of Hudson Bay, and yeah, they go yeah. really and is that up to the Arctic. Did? And did you mm-hmm. said end on the Hudson Bay? Yep. So yeah, 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 it's crazy. So yeah, they do really long trips, so, yeah, and that's how these cults perpetuate themselves, <laughs> yeah, right? And then they, people have kids, and then they right. force their kids to go to these right, camps. Right, right, <laughs> and then the kids wind up forcing their kids to do <laughs> right. it, so. Right. so. We forced our kids for, or our yeah. oldest, for two years. That was our family rule. You could go to Wichita Minoja and some other place but uh, and he went for two years and had fun but never took to it although we did a he and I canoed across the boundary waters last summer wow. father son so trip which was really, yeah see, that's really we had a week cool. together and that was really great so, so. so where did you start on that trip uh, Moose Lake on the Ely side okay. and then we canoed to the Gunflint side so we went through yeah. the Frost River and and yeah it was great to like Little Sag and, and Kekakabic and kind of got in the heart of the boundary waters right right yeah that's that's so cool you know we don't because we're we generally just do it Father's Day weekend, so we don't really do any big long trips. We've been up to Cherokee Lake and stuff, but but never the really long. And I've only done a couple like really week long or ten day trips through there. But man, you can just you can just get immersed in there. And it's really yeah, fun. it's really. So I think one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, is I'm reading a book canoe. right now that was written by a guy who was on one of these big long trips up to Hudson Bay. Anyway, it's he's winds up getting attacked by a grizzly bear and stuff. And so it's it's really it's really interesting. But the fact that uh, I look at the trips I do in the Boundary Waters, and I just think, man, I'm just such a wimp because you know what they're doing. It. Yeah, it's just crazy, yeah. crazy stuff. But anyway, so okay, so you met your wife. You met your wife at the yeah. summer camp. Yep. And where did she go to college? Uh, she went to Wellesley out in Boston. Oh, Wellesley. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. And then you met at camp. Met at camp. Guided. It was actually the summer she had guided this long trip. She had guided a 40-day trip, and I had guided a 25-day trip, and we hadn't seen each other in 60 days because the yeah. trip. Yeah, right, right. So we got back from that, got engaged that night. Wow. Uh, we were 23, and then, you know, a month later moved to Duluth to... To get this house. Yeah, to, to live in the old family house. And is this the one on Howard Ganesan Road? It's, yeah, it's right on, if you know where the old Kenwood School is, uh, there's a little dirt road back yeah. there, but it's right off Kenwood. I'm sure it's a property line with Hartley. Oh, Actually, it was an old farmstead, so we have five wow. acres. It's a, uh, wow, it's a cool spot. Fabulous. And that's how you wind up with your walk to heart yeah so we lived in that house you know since 97 very yeah. cool and kind of the Duluth story loved it my wife was working at like Northern Country Club for a while worked at UMD for a while I was working at the Y teaching like swim lessons and was like boy we love Duluth but not enough to work these jobs for the rest right. of my life so it was uh, at some point my wife went to grad school in Pittsburgh and we moved for six years oh, uh, yeah, really? to Pittsburgh okay yeah, but always knew we wanted to get back to Duluth right so what what were, what did you do in Pittsburgh uh, I ran the outdoor program at at a small women's college, Chatham College. So I took people out camping and, and doing spring That's break trips cool. and weekend trips. And yeah, my wife went to grad school, got her PhD in psychology. Oh, wow. So she's a professor at St. Scholastica. Now. At St. Scholastica. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so it was great. So we were in Pittsburgh for six years. With the idea that you were always going to move That we always wanted to move back to Duluth. And funnily enough, so my parents sold their house in Minneapolis to my brother. We vacated this old family house. My parents bought that house, which we had just been squatting 
sitting in uh, for free. Oh, <laughs> we, this is the one in Duluth. The one in Duluth. Okay. So they moved to that house at, when we left to go to Pittsburgh. And then when we came back, saying, they hey, sold it to us. Yeah. Yes. And then that my mom tell actually. Them, hey, what are you doing in our house? <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. So it's a two degrees of separation. And yeah. now my mom lives in an apartment a block away. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And my dad has since passed away. But, oh, I'm yeah, sorry. So, you lost your dad. But so, yeah, it's funny. So it's that house has been in the family, but yeah, my parents owned it before we did. So, so. Can, can I just ask you, because, and I've, I've heard P- Pittsburgh's a great place. I've heard yeah. it's, a, it's a great town. So what was it about Duluth that made you think that this is ultimately where you wanted to get back to? Yeah, great question. You know, I think it is the natural beauty, the big lake, the proximity to green space and parks and trails, right. the, you know, the North Shore, the Boundary Waters. Right, right. Um, you know, I grew up in Minneapolis and I liked it. And it was a lovely spot, but I don't hold a special affinity there. Like when I go back, it doesn't really, you know, and lots of people really love that right, place. But right. I, for me, it was always further north. You know, Duluth, I just love yeah. the, something about cresting the hill in Duluth yep, and you're like, I'm home, you it's know. It's a whole different place. Yeah. You're not on the prairie anymore. Yep. It's just, it's yep. amazing. And we were worried when we were gone in Pittsburgh that we had built it up too much in our minds and we were going to come back and it was going to somehow be disappointing but it was it lived up to our memories we were yeah isn't that isn't that funny it's it's uh it does seem to be something and obviously we've talked to a lot of people on this podcast and um it's always interesting to find out you know what brings them back what how did they first get here and why did they never leave or if they did leave why did they come back and it's always the same sort of stuff it's it's just the the beauty of the place and how quick you can get outdoors how quick you can be from just being right in the middle of Duluth yeah. to literally on a path where yeah. you're not seeing anyone. Yeah, we are very spoiled in that regard. You yeah. know, I feel like there's so many just pockets of wildness in Duluth that are so easy to access hey, right. and it's, right out your door, yeah. you know, for a lot of us. And for Hartley, I mean, that was kind of what connected us to that place in part was the trail system and the that feeling like you were in the middle of nowhere and right. the, when you were down in the middle of Hartley and you can see no signs of anything. Yeah. It's, it's great. It sort of brings you back to your senses. And, and it's right there. And I think because not only because you have Hartley, but, you know, if we were a town where you only had Hartley, you'd see a lot of people when you were in Hartley. But the fact is that there's there's all these other parks all over Duluth right. that you can get similar experiences. Right. And it's just, it, it's amazing. And so that's that's what I love about it. I mean, you can go to Chester, you can go to Hartley, you can go to Leicester. You can go out to the Western Trails. I mean, there... Yeah, there's tons. Right. It's just... It's just and as I learn and explore more, you know, every time I'm like, oh, I could live right there. I yeah, could live right, right there. Right, right. Exactly. So you are back now. You're back in Duluth. You've done your Pittsburgh thing. And uh, and your wife, I assume, at this point is at St. Scholastica? Or yep. Yeah. When we first soon? moved to Duluth, she was a psychologist at the VA in Superior at the Twin Ports right. VA. But shortly after moving, got the job at Scholastica and has been there, you know, 14 years now or something. All right. And then so when... When did you uh, when did you arrive at uh, the nature yeah Center? so 2011 I was hired as executive director yep and I had been at Camp Wigiwagan living in Ely in the summers Duluth in the rest of the year um, and sort of commuting to the cities a couple times a week for, oh even uh, so so when you came back from from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh were, I was working, working for Camp Wigiwagan up okay. in Ely yep okay yep and then eventually got the job at Hartley and that simplified things greatly wow. just both living in a place and wanting to like invest in the community and work with in the community right and obviously just the we share our property line with Hartley so the logistics of life became you know pretty yeah, simple not moving up to Ely for four months right. and back and it's, 
it's a pretty easy commute yeah. you have. Yeah. Pretty scenic yeah. too. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's I can walk from my back door to the Nature Center building and not cross a road. I mean, that's pretty. That's really amazing. That's pretty wild. So, 2011, you get hired as executive director yep. at, at the Nature Center. Now, tell me a little bit about the. I guess the dividing line between the park and the Nature Center, because I'm always very familiar with Hartley Park, yeah. and then the Nature Center sits in Hartley Park. Yeah. I always sort of connected the two, but they're sort of separate entities. Yeah, I mean, I think people use them synonymously a lot of the times, right? There's the park, which is the 660-acre city park, uh, co-managed by the city of Duluth and Hartley Nature Center, okay. with input and help and with a lot of other stakeholders like COGS, like the Duluth Cross Country right. Ski Club, like the Superior Hiking Trail. HNC, the Nature Center, is a 501c3 nonprofit, operates out of the Nature Center building. Um, the building is owned by the city of Duluth by virtue of it being on their property, and we have a lease to it. Okay. Um, and so, essentially, we're very close partners with the city, but we're financially independent. Um, you know, our operating budget is separate from the city's budget, right. and we, we work together to kind of co-manage and take care of the park. And the, the city helps fund the park, but they don't necessarily help fund the nature center. Is that what I saw on your, yeah. your website? Yep, yep. And we sort of both bring resources to bear. Like we have a stewardship task force, for example, comprised of Hartley staff, city staff, and local sort of natural resource experts. And we both try to bring resources to bear to plant trees, to remove invasive species, to help caretake the the acreage and so sometimes it's the city writing a grant or bringing resources sometimes it's the nature center engaging volunteers or writing a grant there's a lot of partnership that goes so on. there is a lot of part yeah. so you're you're meeting with city folks a lot and saying here here's what yeah we think needs to be yep. done in the park here's what we're going to do can yep. you do this and we have a board spot reserved for a a city of Duluth employee, so it's a non-voting member of our board, but someone from the city as a sort of direct liaison to to our leadership. Yeah, it's we're in, in cahoots with the city pretty right, tight. Right. Sometimes we, you know, so, so we don't agree with, right. with everything. You know, right. it's complicated. Well, All right. these relationships that's, that's are complicated. Right. Well, you know, a friend of mine once said, "No one fights like yeah. family." So right. they might be right. the same right. the, the same family, but right. that doesn't mean they're not going to have right. arguments once in a while. Right. And growing up. You know, lots of people think of it as Hartley Field, right? It was, that was the name before Hartley Park was, everyone called it Hartley Field. And it was, you know, you could still see remnants of the farm from 100 years ago when Guilford Hartley owned it. Um, right. It's been a city park since 1941. And, but it was sort of existed in a state of benign neglect for a lot of years, you know, where nothing was happening. People could, you used to be able to ride your snowmobile through there and ride your ATV, uh, ATV dirt bike. And, you know, in the 80s, a group of people got together, which was really Really the formation of the Nature Center to say we want to help protect and preserve this amazing spot in Duluth right. and we want to try to provide a space for programming to happen to teach people but especially kids about nature and so there was a group of people that was really protective of the park and a group of people trying to identify a spot for a nature center and those groups of people came together and formed Hartley as a nonprofit. so because because it did it was a farm that was donated it was a farm that
that was sort of purposely put in tax forfeiture. Like Guilford Hartley passed away. Some of the zoning changed in the city of Duluth. The tax burden on the farm got uh, bigger than the family wanted to deal with. And they just, my understanding is they let it go into tax forfeiture. Okay. Yeah. And then it became a city a park. park. Yeah. And then, and then um, eventually in the 80s, it kind of started. There was sort of a vision to turn it into sort of what it is now. Yeah. So the nature center became a focus. They phased out the sort of mechanized transport. The ski trails were cut in. Uh, some of the trails were developed. And yeah, the sort of silent sport kind of recreation became what was happening. Right. And then and at some point, the Superior Hiking Trail yep. wound up getting yep. uh, built or, or whatever. And that, that wound up going through Hartley as well. Yep. Yep, and the Nature Center was founded in 1986, but like you read in your intro, the building didn't happen until 2003. Right, um, right. But there was always kind of youth programming happened. So famously, it was the teachers would have all the, the pond equipment and all their teaching tools stored in the trunk of their cars, and they were housed at the old Chester School, and when there was a field trip book, they would drive over with the stuff, and the kids would get off, and, you know, there just weren't really facilities to speak of. And at some point, in order to run really high-quality programming, you need a building and some infrastructure right. in that space, despite the fact that you want most of it to be wild and you know and, and nature outdoors, rich but yeah yeah you you, you, you do need yep. sort of a hub yep so that original building was built in 2003 and had four classrooms supported lots of school field trip camp and other programming all right and um, so the 2003 it was built you wound up coming on the scene in 2011 yep and we're going to talk more about that uh we just have to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor lake superior medical equipment and then we will be right back with tom o'rourke hi tom what are you doing i'm on hold on the phone trying to talk with someone in customer service so far i've just been talking to machines oh hang on yvonne uh, customer service, please. No, I don't want to listen to the menu again. I just customer uh, customer service, please. I no, I just want to talk to a human being. No, a human being. Oh, never mind, Yvonne. I just got disconnected. You know, Tom, there is still one company that thinks it's important for you to talk to a human being when you call for service. Lake Superior Medical Equipment. Really? You mean I won't have to talk to machines? No, their phones are answered by real people who know about the products and services they offer. So I can get answers to my questions right away? Yes, and from knowledgeable and friendly customer service representatives who are committed to answer your questions and promptly get you the right medical equipment and supplies you need. Yeah, but are these customer service representatives just scattered all over the country? No, Tom. Lake Superior Medical Equipment's customer service staff actually work at their locations in Duluth and Cloquet. So they live and work right here in our community? Yes. In fact, Lake Lake Superior Medical Equipment is the only locally owned and independent medical equipment provider in our region. Okay, you've convinced me, Yvonne. When I need medical equipment and supplies, I'm calling Lake Superior Medical Equipment. And you'll be glad you did. Lake Superior Medical Equipment, the area's only locally owned and independent home medical equipment and supply company, staffed by real people who really care. Visit us on our website at lsmedequip.com. Com. Follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook at For the Love of Duluth Podcast and Lake Superior Medical Equipment. All right. We are back with Tom O'Rourke, Executive Director of Hartley Nature Center. Tom, when we took a break, uh, you were just uh, we were just talking about the establishment of the Hartley Nature Center back in the 80s. And um, 
uh, they really didn't get a building until 2003. And then you came on the scene in 2011. So you've been there for, well, I guess, 11 years now. And so what have been some of the changes that you've seen since since 2003? Well, I mean, anecdotally, in the park, the usage has gone up. More people have sort of discovered it. I think it was on some level more of a neighborhood park at some point. And then it became, you know, uh, more of a destination for people within Duluth. And I think now more of a destination, too, for people coming outside of Duluth wanting to go hiking, go cross-country skiing, get out into nature. And so, um, yeah, the tra- you know, in partnership with COG, some of the trails uh, got developed. The Duluth Traverse came right. through town and links through Hartley. The Superior Hiking Trail, like right. you alluded to, got built. And then, you know, on the Nature Center front, in addition to that school field trip program and our ongoing camp program, we opened a nature-based preschool in 2014. So that program serves three to five-year-olds, uh, a lot of like half day, couple day a week options. That program has grown now. There's 120 kids in there currently. Wow. Um, you know, our summer camp was serving 600 kids. Then it's serving 1,100 kids now. 1,100 kids in your summer um, camp program? So we're just busier than ever. Yeah. And I think the demand for the type of programming we do has been there. And so part of what happened in the last several years is just we start to outgrow the space that right. we had because right. the building serves as a visitor center, as a sort of interpretive right. place for the park right. and the general public. It serves as the home for those field trips and the home for that preschool and the home for those camps in the summer. Right. And, you know, it had one bathroom, four classrooms, and we just started to you kind needed, of be I mean, all I, over I each other. I can already hear yeah. you needed more bathroom space. <laughs> turns yeah. out preschoolers yeah. use the restroom yes. more or less constantly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, and how many preschoolers do you have? So, right now there's 120. Wow. Yeah. That's a big preschool. Yeah, it is. Holy cow. Um, but like I said, you know, we don't have any kids really that are coming all day, five days a week. Right. It's a lot of like Tuesday, Thursday morning, Monday, Wednesday afternoon. Um, so there's a lot of staggered sessions. Um, but yes, it is. It's And then, you know, on any given day, there might be a busload of 40 to 50 kids coming from Stowe or, you know, some other school, Cloquet, Superior, Duluth to, to come and learn about animal tracks and traces or right. life in the pond or, you know, something that their teacher wants to get them outside and have them have more of a hands-on learning experience. And right. so, yeah, it's great to be able to help lots of kids make those connections to nature, you know? Well, and I, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to talk about the preschool. You're going to wind up with even more kids in preschool. <laughs> it sounds like you got plenty already, but so, so one attraction, obviously to parents who might have kids of preschool age is if they're, if they're sending them to Hartley preschool, they're going to sort of get immersed in, yeah. in nature and yeah. learn about nature at an early age, hopefully build that sort of brand loyalty between that child and, and nature. Yeah. And just the sort of foundational grounding in appreciating being outside, right. liking being outside in all weather, understanding that dressing appropriately right. makes it a lot more pleasant, uh, introducing them to these activities that you can do forever, like snowshoeing and cross-country skiing. And um, yeah, just really trying to lay that foundation of appreciation for the natural world. So in the preschool program, they use play and going out and the seasonal changes. And those are all the teaching and learning tools. And, you know, parents always report like, you know, I've had some parents who've had one kid in the nature preschool, one kid in a traditional preschool or in a, you know, different right. environment. And they're like, my kid is always ready to go outside. Like at yeah. home when it's time to go outside, like they, they never complain, they get their stuff right. on, they go. Um, and they, you know, it, it's placemaking for them. They connect to Hartley Park in right. a really deep way. And they, they have their favorite play spots and their places that they want to take their parents and introduce them to and that's really so cool. yeah it's it's cool it's magical
vehicle. So if uh, if someone hasn't been to the nature center, um, let's say they're just going to the park and they stumble on the nature center, what are they going to see? Yeah. So right now we have equipment rental. So we're renting skis and snowshoes. Um, we have these like Scandinavian kick sleds that we rent uh, that you can take out on the pond and uh, they're oh, fun. Yeah. We have these uh, ice bug boots that are like these studded boots that you can walk on icy trails. The building itself has some ambassador animals like snapping turtles and painted turtles and snakes and so things for for kids to look at and then we've just got some educational displays in the building that just sort of help interpret your experience of what you're going to see when you get out in the park and so if, if people are new to Hartley which is one of the I think great things about the nature center is we can help give a map to someone and sort of help tell them where to go so it's, it kind of breaks down that barrier to entry for people so you don't have to feel like you can just show up at this trailhead and you know I know that's one of the things traditionally in Hartley there were so many intersections and there's so many trails that right. you know people would get like hopelessly lost uh, right. it's you know 660 acres uh so you know there's been new signage right. that got installed over the summer that's part of this whole building project um it was just trying to like you know improve access provide program space for hartley and then you know updated maps and kiosks and things just to help people navigate the space and right and feel it's comfortable doing such so a, it's such a cool space and it, you know yeah it's all contained in basically a square mile or so but um you've got you know everything from this pond and it's a it's a larger pond it's it's uh it's got fish people fish there yeah but you can also go and there's some, some great lookouts you can hike up to and yep. get just fabulous yeah there's there. you know rock knob which is right. like the or mount baldy as some of the kids yeah. call it um, yeah you overlook the meadow which is where the former farm fields were right. um yeah there's a spot called hunter's hill or gazebo point which you have a great view of lake superior right. yeah it's kind of right. got it all you know it's got interesting water features interesting geology there's enough acreage where it is it's to this day is still really wild and yeah. um you know you can get out there and kind of feel like you're in the middle yeah, of nowhere so, which is so let's talk about some of the critters you might see there what do, what do you well, that's all you the have, usual yeah. northwoods yeah. critters you know what, what have what have you seen i mean i assume you've seen deer obviously see a lot yeah i see there. a lot of deer i've seen bears multiple yeah. times um i've seen i've seen coyotes i haven't seen a bear yet i've seen lots of remnants okay. of bears there but yeah yeah i've seen coyotes we had a trail cam for a while in hartley and there was a wolf that was picked up on that trail right. cam but i haven't seen one we've I've heard reports wolf. of someone saying I've, they saw lynx i've seen um, really a out lynx. by ridgeview country I've seen club tracks there okay lynx i've wow that's really yeah. exciting off-leash dogs yeah, uh <laughs> You will see some of those. Boy, I'd hate to have ever meet someone who'd have the nerve to take their dog off leash at yeah. Hartley Park. But, yeah. but yeah. Uh, it does happen occasionally. Right. But. So, yeah, it's one of those places, I think, that helps people connect with Duluth, love Duluth. Either it's your go-to spot for whatever nature activity right. you like, or your kids go to a program there, or you know, part of their, their school goes to a program. And so it's just, uh, I'm glad those early founders said, you know, Duluth really needs a place that has a nature center right and uh yeah i'm just so happy the duluth founders uh whoever they were maybe it, it, i'm gonna guess it happened over time but boy what a great park system they have here maybe that's something maybe they learned that from from minneapolis which also has a great park system and right. how important parks right. are to a right. community right and i think our challenge now you know obviously the parks referendum failed so the you know the city there was a referendum on the ballot right. to, to sort of fund parks to a higher level than has been funded. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. 
slightly and it was you know fell short by 200 votes so it was very close i'm so i'm surprised it failed you know i hopefully it won't be the last time that they try yeah because you you just never know when these especially when it's an off-year election it's not uh when there's not a a presidential election on the ticket you got different voters out there and right and And the timing is hard you know there's a lot of inflation happening and people are worried about costs and on the other hand there's a 17 billion dollar state surplus so yeah right times from that standpoint times are good so this would be a time to fund the parks but uh and that is one of our challenges though there are so many in duluth you know duluth has what is it 129 parks or something so the you know and a lot of them are undeveloped and wild but there's there's kind of infrastructure all over the place and and all of it needs maintenance and upkeep and not every place you know hartley nature center tries to be that to obviously to our facility we try to be that in partnership with the city in the park but you know there's lots of stakeholders and it's hard for everyone's trying to right. get donations and get volunteers and you know there's just a lot of there's a lot of great groups in Duluth doing a lot of great work right that keep a lot of these things and uh, we'd probably and be remiss if we didn't tell people how they could donate to the nature center if they so desire I know yeah sure you do that on the website yep yeah the easiest way is through the website and you know one of the best ways especially if you're just getting started with Hartley is to buy a membership uh, which is fifty dollars and or a hundred dollars if you want to be really generous and it gets you half priced equipment rentals and sometimes free member programs and discounts on you know we have a big candlelight ski skate and snowshoe right. coming up at the end of january where the scenic cafe does food and we get a bunch of vendors and take people out on luminary uh, ski trails and fat tire bike rides yeah. and so yeah that membership gets you sort of intel into what's coming up at Hartley and um, just supports all of our work in caretaking the park and providing programs and that's, that's, that's cool things. that you have those programs and I would uh, I'd encourage everyone who's been to Hartley Nature Center but maybe you maybe you haven't been to Hartley Park at night especially in the winter it's really a cool place to be yeah in the dead of winter and this the stuff that you might see there yeah and just how quiet it is it's just it's just it's yeah. just fabulous yeah we just uh we have an after school program One of our pivots with this new building is one of our people's doing 10 hours a week of community outreach programming. So trying to make connections with the Boys and Girls Club and Valley Youth Center and um, these after school clubs. So we just had a group of kids from Stowe come out to traipse around the trails uh, in the dark, in the snow. And it was so awesome. And it's fun to get kids out. And, you know, it's a different experience when you get in a wild place like Hartley at night. And so it's great to, you know, see the stars and to feel the, yeah. the cold snow crunch under your boots and so I, yeah i remember great. i was out there fat tire biking and i just all of a sudden i heard this you know obviously some sort of big creature and the first one i looked i thought gosh is that a wolf but it turned out it was just someone out there with their big huge german shepherd it was, yeah, out right. there. It was like okay okay that got my heart going a little bit but uh, it's so it's just so beautiful well i know you talked about uh, maintenance and i i remember one event that happened a few years ago and I, i'm gonna guess that uh it caused you guys to do a lot of maintenance or at least the city which was a huge wind blow that you guys right had there this was maybe right. five years ago yep. or so i just remember going there afterwards and the whole landscape had changed it was it was really amazing just a natural yeah well we had the flood of 2012 yeah. which was that kind was of devastating okay so i didn't i yeah. didn't know what happened yeah and then the windstorm of 2017 so i think um, okay. there were estimates of over a thousand trees down on the trails alone yeah. you know there's 10 it's miles of right. multi-use trails and Hartley. Um, we have a yurt, a 30 foot diameter 
yurt that we used for programming, about five trees fell on that. The park itself was closed for three months. Uh, we had a lot of volunteers and a lot of folks out doing a lot of clearing. And it really altered the look of, you know, certain parts of the right. park. I had some longtime Hartley people who said, I've spent thousands of hours here and I, I don't recognize this spot anymore. It, it um, just... So it really changed. But, you know, part of when you're in the business of land management, you kind of have to take a long view of things. You know, when you plant a tree, it's really this sort of long-term right. investment. And so I think it's interesting because some of those areas got, we replanted with pollinator meadows. And so, yeah, there aren't, there weren't, aren't trees in that spot, but now in the summer, there's a amazing wildflowers and there's stuff coming up and so well and you know it's it's still very beautiful to this, this day this, but this yeah stuff it does happen different. it re reminded me of what happened in the boundary waters and you've obviously must have seen that with all the time you spend the boundary yeah. waters but the incredible damage that was yeah. done by winds and now you go back and yeah the stuff looks different but everything's green and stuff's growing and you know the same yeah. thing happens in yellowstone after a fire i mean it yeah. just it regenerates i have a little cabin in the woods behind Behind my house uh, that it's, you know, used to be uh, the old pasture and got replanted in red pines, much like some of what Hartley right, looks like right, now. Right. Um, and during that huge storm, I lost about three trees and all of them fell right around this 10 by 12 little shack that I have. Nothing hit it, it but I was it. like, oh man, but for <laughs> some bad luck, it really could have gone the other oh, way. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it has a little wood stove and bookcase and desk and a little Murphy bed that flips up and down oh, so nice. it's my little yeah. you know as a former boundary waters guide you need your little right cabin to escape yeah, to on no occasion kidding. so oh, that's 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 fabulous yeah that's fun so what's uh I understand you just did an expansion at yep. the Nature Center. I um, want to talk a little bit about that because it's pretty recent, right? Yeah, just um, our preschoolers just moved over to that new space at the end of October. Yeah, so we, you know, just moved into this space. We added two new classrooms, uh, some meeting space, additional bathrooms. So partly to spread out our core programs, give them all space and then opportunities to, you know, keep developing programs and to have meeting space for our partners like the Isaac Walton League as a conservation group here in Duluth right. that had formerly met at Hartley. And when the preschool expanded, they kind of got squeezed out. And so, you know, our goal was to continue to have the building perform all of these functions really well. Classrooms for programs, right. exhibit hall for park users, spaces for community partners to use and rent. Um, and so we're kind of now with the building expansion done, realizing that, bringing those folks back, developing new programs. So we have a, uh, we have a, guy working on recreational programming now. So doing a lot of like fat tire bike things, ski lessons for people, trying to uh, introduce new people to some of these activities and using our equipment, providing this low cost uh, entry point for a lot of these sports that, you know, people may be interested in and want to try, but don't want right. to invest, you know, a thousand dollars in a set of skis. Yeah. Uh, so you can come and take lessons with us. And so we're trying to, yeah, just enjoy the new space and continue to, to find ways to engage the audiences to come and, and do things and introduce them to, to the wonders of Hartley and to all the activities you can do. Well, you're doing an amazing job, at least just based on my experience of what I see when I'm at, at Hartley and walking around and just seeing so many kids there, just so many yeah. people, kids and programs and, right. and just enjoying it. It's just it's just fabulous. It makes you very hopeful of what the future is going to look like. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the childhood has changed a lot since we were kids, right? And I yeah. feel like, you know, you, like I grew up 
up by the creek and my right. mom shooed me out the door and my brother and I roamed what little pockets of woods we could find right. and we were gone for hours. And that was sort of one of the ways that we developed a connection and affinity towards being in the woods or going to the Boundary Waters or doing these things was like having these experiences. And, you know, that happens less and less organically now for kids. You know, parents are more fearful of strangers or their screen time. Uh, there's just a lot right. more distractions in ways that kids are not getting outside and having those experiences. And so I think our programs nowadays are more important than ever because we're helping introduce people to those experiences in ways that they might not get. It's even more important for us to do the type of outreach to community centers, to value center, to the Boys and Girls Club, to all the schools that we serve, because those are kids who might not have those uh, right. uh, opportunities to, to go to the Boundary Waters, to do whatever. So for us to be able to break down the barrier and get them outside and, and let them appreciate and learn about the natural world, that's how you get people who are adults who care about these parks and green spaces. You know, you can't, it's not just if you build it, they will come, you have to introduce them to it and they have right. to fall in love with it. Right, um, right. So that's what we try to do is... Well, well, from everything I see, you get, you're doing a great job. Yeah. And part of serving little kids is like, what better? It's like learning a language, you know, the earlier right. you start, the better. Right. Um, exactly. And that foundation. So, yeah. Yeah. And nature, the outdoors, it's a, it's a wonderful language to learn. Yeah. So, well, anyway, we, uh, we're, we're just about out of time. I do want to ask you because we ask all our guests, because yeah. this is for the Love of Duluth podcast. What do you like to do in Duluth when you're not doing your job? Uh, I like to canoe wherever I can. So, St. Louis River Bay is one of the spots that I go to in Duluth proper. I'm my wife gives me a hard time because sometimes she'll be like, "Let's go hike to Ely's Peak in West Duluth or something." I'm like, "Why? When we have Hartley right in our backyard, we <laughs> right. can just go." Uh, so I use the right. SHT a lot. I do a lot of trail running and get out sure. on the trails and sort of, you know go from my house down to Leicester or from my house towards Marshall right. and the Ridge SHT line. SHT is yeah, uh, Superior Hiking Trail. Yeah, Superior Hiking Trail. Yeah, so it'd be also getting out and playing and recreating in Duluth yeah. is is kind of my thing. Just the outdoors. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, further up, going up to the Boundary Waters and getting out in a canoe as much as possible right. is sort of my sweet spot, too. So. Yeah. And and that's a great thing about Duluth. It's you're you're only an hour, hour and a half away from the boundary waters. Mm -hmm. So it's it's it, we got it all. So well, very cool. Well, listen, Tom, thank you so much, and uh, best of luck. Keep doing what you're doing at 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 Hartley Nature Center because it's uh, it's really a crown jewel for Duluth. We're just lucky to have you there to keep it going and keep keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this episode of For the Love of Duluth. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, where we tease upcoming guests, have fun giveaways, and remind you when new episodes drop. And of course, subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Just search for For the Love of Duluth. Thanks for listening. We'll see you for our next episode of For the Love of Duluth.